0: Are you looking for truth from God's word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: I have a job pretty much on the North Shore. She says, I get to work early to fight the traffic, I get over there and it's, and before I go, this school right here is right across the street from the beach. So I pull my car into the beach, I open up to the parking place of the beach, I open up my Bible, and I have the most richest, quiet time with God all alone before I start my day facing what I have to face with all that issues and kids and everything. I was saying to myself when I heard that testimony, she's got it. She's got it. So I would like to encourage you, do you have a watchtower where you can withdraw and get alone? Now I have to tell you, I just came from this Christian homeschool conference. I've never seen so many busy people in all my life than homeschooling parents with their kids because they've got to stay up on everything and this is not to lessen all the rest of you that have children. But I thought about how busy they are and how they had to keep things going. When I saw all of that, I thought all oh, the teaching and the kids and then those that have multiple kids... I called Eric and Sue Ellen yesterday and Carol and I were on a speakerphone, and he was saying, oh man, we're just getting this thing together with little baby Samuel is starting to calm down right now. And I said, hey, you bitch can't wait till you have another one, huh? Are we out of signal here? You know, he got silent, all right? I'm telling you this to say this now. There was a lady in, the bio, a lady in history by the name of Susanna Wesley. She didn't have one kid, two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids, six kids, seven kids, eight kids. Nine. She had 18 of these cakey. And what she did to have her quiet time, she taught her kids that she'd sit on a little old chair in those days, and she'd whip over her head her apron, and be careful, it wasn't all, you know, she'd properly, and then under her apron she would have her quiet time, and that was her way to tell her kids, this is my watchtower. You might say, yeah, those kids scattered, and they all run a bunch of criminals, huh? Not really. I know about all of them, but I know two of them. One was named Charles Wesley. He wrote probably the majority of hymns that have been sung in the last 150 years that are in our hymn books. And then you've ever heard of the Methodist? That was started by John Wesley. In fact, I would like to say he's not so much the father of Methodists, but he's the father of the the cell group, home church, small group Bible study. And he had a mother that was so busy, but knew how to withdraw and get alone with the Lord. I'm also reminded here about Jesus when he said this, how he would withdraw himself often into the wilderness, and he prayed. My only thought about this, he didn't go to the wild place. He went to the wilderness to pray. Some of you know that I get here to to the building here, third floor, about five in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Some of you say, my, he's so spiritual. I'm not so spiritual. Part of it's because I want to beat the traffic. The other part of it, though, is because it really is quiet here. People aren't up. People aren't calling. You're all still asleep or doing your own thing. You've got your own world. You're busy before things start breaking loose about 8 o'clock or so. And the staff meets even earlier on, on Tuesday at 6.30 to have a quiet time before God before we start our day. We're not great, but we've learned now a little bit of the value of withdrawing. Let's go to the second. Same passage. We need to wait. There are a lot of people that can find a quiet place, but that doesn't mean they connect to the Lord. You can find a quiet place and get a cup of coffee and read the paper. And you're not connecting to the Lord. So you can wait. So you need to calm your thoughts and your emotions. Look what else it says here. He says, I will climb up into my watchtower, my alone place. Now I'll do this and wait to see what the Lord will say to me. Circle the phrase and wait. Okay, and I will wait. Now that's hard to wait, especially those of you who are wired Go, 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 go. And I, I, I struggle with that with, with you folks. I, I, I'm one of those high energy people. Carol will tell me I don't ever really quit vibrating. I'm at 90,000 RPMs. She says when I die, she's going to have my tombstone. It's not going to have some spiritual verse. It's going to say, his heart stopped, but the beat went on. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just that way. I struggle with that. And so I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've, I've found that might have worked for me, but I'm, I'm embracing this truth. I have to wait on God. And you know you can stay, sit there in your quiet time and you say I got to I got to focus got to focus got to focus it seems like the more we try to focus the louder the screams of our mind if you know what I'm saying happen to us and so we really struggle with that so what's enemy number 1 a busy mind a busy mind and so our first voice we really hear is not God's voice. Our first voice is the many voices often telling us, I need to call this person. I forgot to do this. And I got to go share with this over here. What about that? And oh, no, I got to check that email. Did I do this? Oh, I think Carol's car needs gas. I didn't get Has that ever happened to you? Is there anybody in here like me? Or am I speaking to the microphone? We're all like that. And here's what has worked for me. Instead of fighting that, Instead of thinking I'm such a creep for thinking those things, I'm going to say God wired me. I'm going to accept that he made me with a mind that is always clicking like that. But it's still dangerous mind. So what I've done is I've, I've, I've taken out a piece of paper and some of you come up to my office. I'll show you little pieces of paper. And I mean, I got the iPhone and I got all this stuff, all the calendars, all the stuff you have, Palm Pilots. But I got a little sheet of paper here. And when my mind is racing, I'm going to write it all down because while I'm writing it down, something happens where I'm able to release it from my brain to a piece of paper, I can compartmentalize it on a paper, and I can know, all right, now I've got something I can, watch this, go back to later. So somehow I am repositioning those thoughts to get them away from me, so now I can settle down. How long does that take? Some days longer than others, some days shorter than others. But I jot them down, and it helps me to be able to refocus. Now here's another enemy of that kind of a mind. The other kind of would be, Negative emotions. This is different than thinking thoughts. This is negative emotions. Now, negative emotions usually come from Satan. We talked about this already, so I won't spend time. Get the CD if you can. But primarily, it's when Satan makes us feel so crummy. We said something the day before, and now we feel like a jerk, and we're so bad. How can we really do this? We're not worth anything. Everybody's going to hate it. And all of a sudden, we're consumed by this negative emotion. The best thing you can do at that time is realize that Satan is trying to play with your mind to do anything he can so that you would be distracted from hearing God. Hearing God. And we sure don't want to be that. So in that case, take a moment right then. Realize that you've been accepted in Christ. Your sins have all been forgiven. That God will allow you to have a do-over with Him. That there is a way to correct problems that might cause, that you've caused in the past. You ask for it deal with it, but then grieve it and leave it. I'm going to write that down. Grieve it, and just leave it then, and move on. A couple other thoughts about how to calm your thoughts and emotions down. The first bullet point is to simply settle down. Be still and know that I am God. Just settle down. Circle the phrase, be still and know that I am God. Settle down. Settle down. Tell you, settle down. Calm down. Get ready to hear God. He's coming to meet you then. Second bullet point is wait in silence. For God alone, my soul, waits in silence. Circle the phrase, waits in silence. So there is a time for us to be quiet and really listen to the Lord and to be silent. I'll give you one other thought. It was interesting because my wife taught me this. It's in scripture, but my wife is a model for me in this. And I want to share with you what she's taught me by her life. It's not in your notes, so you might have to add it to it. We have to calm our emotions down. And according to 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, Elijah, when he, his mind was racing, it doesn't matter about what right now, but his mind was racing, he asked that a harpist would come and play a harp. Now, I don't mean you've got to go to the phone book and find a harpist and all of that. There's a deeper truth here. The truth is this. He surrounded himself with some external stuff, music that would be soothing and quiet to settle his mind down. Now, folks, let me tell you. Drums and cymbals are found in the Bible. And drums and cymbals are not anti-biblical to have that Christian music playing for you at times of celebration, appropriately, and a lot of other things. But when you want to settle your mind down and your emotions down to be able to hear from the Lord, pick out some wonderful, perhaps, instrumental music that is praiseworthy, that ministers to you as you prepare to meet the Lord in your quiet time. All right, so we talked about withdrawing, we talked about waiting, let's talk about watching now. Let God give you a mental picture. Now when I say that, some of you are conjuring up something here that might sound kind of new age-ish, and I don't want to do that. So when you do go to the Lord, it's not so much that you're going to see a vision about your life. So be careful with that. Habakkuk says this, I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me. So you might want to circle the phrase, wait, to see. So we're talking more about being alert. Like Jesus said more than one time, watch and pray. So it says, be alert, be understanding, be ready to receive and grab your mind around that truth so you understand it accurately as it now embraces other parts of scripture so you have a real good picture. So you what? See it. So it's kind of like an understanding with your eyes. So the important part of it is, That you want to watch so that you fully understand this. It's not just so that you're reading, watch this, reading the Bible for information. You don't want to hear from God for inspiration. You want to hear from God for transformation. And to do that, you have to understand His Word so it's proper. Psalm 119, verse 18 says Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from the law. Now, if you will, would you give me a moment and just speak to a a group of people that might be here today or listening on the radio? How many of you are positive that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Would you raise your hand? Okay, you may put your hands down, many of you. Let me speak to a couple that maybe couldn't put their hand up right now. You might be saying, this is pretty good stuff, but I still don't grab all of this stuff. The Bible says, unless you are born again into God's family, born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you're not going to see kingdoms like the magic kingdom in Disneyland or Disney World. But you won't be able to understand the full concept of God's universal plan of who he is. And frankly, folks, we can see it better now. We're on this side of salvation. We still have much more to learn. But if you are not born again in his forever family, everything you get is information. And some of that might be kind of exciting, so it might be inspirational. But it cannot transform you because you do not have a new man within you. And so now you want to see God, then you must be born again. And there's only one way to do that. It's to place your faith in Christ who died and rose again. Now that's the believing of who he is and what he's done. But now... Embracing that for yourself for the full forgiveness of every sin, past, present, future, that you are in his forever family, forever family, which makes you born again into his family, makes you his child, and now you are born again and you can see the kingdom of God and all these truths. So if you have been trying all of this outside of placing your faith alone in Christ, I commend you on trying. But I want you to know that the blinders will come off, the lights will come on, and you can see more clearly the wonderful working of God in your life starting and then from then on throughout the world. But you must trust Christ as your Savior. You must come to Him without a shred of dependence upon your good deeds or religious rituals, but only upon Jesus Christ. All right, here's the fourth. We learned about withdrawing, waiting, and watching. Let's also think in terms of writing. Now, this is what Habakkuk done. So there could be some good practical help here. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer in large, clear letters on a tablet. So simply stated to you would be this. It might be wise for some of you now, instead of just writing down things you have to deal with later, you're going to write down this. Now, for some of you, this would be great help. It'll help those that are saying, I'm not connecting with the Lord as much as I want to. Try this. The Lord told Habakkuk, write it down. Maybe the Lord is going to prompt us that we need to write this down. So what would you write down? Well, for some of you, you might need to articulate your prayers more and you might want to write down some of your prayers. Don't worry about spelling and grammar. The Lord knows that. He loves you. He wants it from the heart, not from your pen. But then the second thing you might write down would be what insights the Lord has given to you. Now, folks, i got tons of devotional booklets in my office. Anything from Spurgeon to MacArthur to, you know, just about everybody. And they're very helpful. We have our devotional book. I'm thankful for all of that. But you know what's so neat? Is when I'm reading the Bible and I get something that's from the Word where He's speaking to me and I didn't see that before. It's so exciting and I write that down. Do you know that some of my best devotionals to you all is stuff that I got just alone with God, me, the Holy Spirit, like that? Let me change that. How many of you have ever driven by a warehouse where they're baking fresh bread? Woohoo! Now, some of you, I don't know, I smell that stuff. Okay, let's change it. You've been to the mall and you walk by Cinnabons. (laughs) Ah, ah, now we're talking, okay. Well, that's fresh Cinnabon, fresh bread. You want fresh bread from God. Not new truth that's never been known to anyone before, but maybe new truth that's never been known to you before. That's like fresh bread. Write it down. Put it in your life. Tremendous Bible teachers, great Christians, and people we've never even heard of before, journalized. Let's finish up with number five. Shall we do that? I don't want to be too specific here, but this might help you as well. You might end with a time of worship. Worship. Worship, when I put this at the end, is already anticipating the fact that He has met you because you've gone through a little bit of this formula. And God just spoke to you in some measure. He brought something to your mind, reminded you, convicted you, taught you. Something happened. Don't just end it with, okay, I'm done. I did my homework. I'm over with this thing. I did my five minutes a day. I'm reading through the Bible in a year. I finished the program. Take a moment then. And guys, this is hard for you because we don't really do this stuff well. Except for guys like David. (laughs) Except for guys like Haddock. Except for just about every writer in the Bible that were men. They knew, no matter how rough and tough and hard to diaper those grown men were, they could release themselves in their own personality to worship God authentically. Look at Habakkuk 3, verse 2 now. The next chapter over. It says this. "O oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was in awe of you. I heard your speech and I was in awe of you. Now, <clears throat> obviously the Lord wants us to know the truth so we are transformed. We are different from our thought, our talk, and our walk. He wants us to change from our mind, our will, our emotions so that our body acts and behaves differently. But some of us are so mechanical even into that that we can bypass for a moment that moment to say, Lord, I am desperate for you. Lord, whatever I'm changing in my mind, will, emotions, my thought, talk, and walk, it's because you are making me more like Christ. You are opening up, opened up a whole new vista for me. And I love you. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. It may not be that you'll be cured of cancer. It may not be that you'll get the job you want or your kids are going to turn out however you think they should. But it will mean this. I am closer to the Lord and I have the strength and the joy of God to go through whatever the world wants to throw at me. Because it's just me and you, God. I stand in awe of you. Well, some of you are so far out of this that you 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 don't even believe in God. All I can tell you from my perspective about you not believing in God, you're so far, you're an agnostic or an atheist, is that God loves you. He doesn't hate you because you don't believe in Him yet. The operative word is yet. I love you. I want you to keep coming. Join us. Come on, be a part of this. See what happens. See if we are authentic. See if we know how to handle it when we blow it and how we can celebrate it when we don't. I want you to come be a part of that. But I do have to tell you this. Regardless of what you think of God, He is still your Creator. And you are the Created there's still a part between you and God and don't just leave it there because there is a future and that future after death is not happy then there are some of you that with God that you're at the point where that you believe in God you know he exists and i would call that the lowest form of a relationship with him you know you have a dad but you don't know your dad and i don't blame your dad and all that don't go farther than this what i'm saying but you don't really have a relationship with him. You, you believe in him, but you don't have a relationship with him. Then there's some of you that you're acquainted with God and you know him a little bit. You know his word a little bit. You're starting to get to know him. You have an acquaintance. And I know some of you might think you're satisfied with that, but I often wonder, are you really? I mean, really? I mean, really? I don't think so. It's like you're so hungry and your best food would be a slice of pizza, but all you've done is eaten one bite and you put it down and you walk away. Are you really satisfied? When you're really thirsty after playing basketball and you're so thirsty, one swig of some ice water is enough? I don't think so. And so, drink some more. Eat some more. And then there are some of you that have come to the point of being a real friend of God. And God wants that. Now, He is God, He is Lord, He is King, and that's how He can be your friend. But there's an intimacy that you're experiencing with him. There's a communing with him. But can I tell you that positionally that'll never change, but practically it can change based on the choices that you you and me are going to make in the next 24 hours if we're going to park ourselves and hear God. That can change. Some are today saying, I remember when I wasn't, and I'm enjoying where I am. And some of you are saying I remember when I was but I'm not enjoying where I'm at. And you know what? Thank God. We live in a free country. Change it. By the power of God. Change it. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I love you folks and I know that God loves you and I enjoy going on this journey with you and you pray for me as well. These are truths that I believe with all my heart and that I want to have in my life. But right now, these are truths that need to be in your life too. And, and if I could maybe add a little bit of motivation, your kids need you, mom and dad, to step up into this. You kids quit blaming your mom and dad and you now step up into this. I don't know one Christian parent that's hearing my voice today on this teaching that would not be brought to tears if they knew that you were taking what you're hearing from me today and doing it without them having to remind you. And may I throw this in, young people, listen. Even if your mom and dad don't see you and they don't cry with excitement that you are, so what? Jesus loves you. It's between you and him. And you do it for him. And for the rest of us here at our wonderful faith family, this island needs Christians at are living these truths out. Our island needs this. Our state needs this. I want you to know our country needs this. This part of the world in Asia needs this. And it's going to come when we're stronger in the Lord because of it. Is there anyone in here today that would call unto the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I too want to see the kingdom of God. I want to see that my sins are forgiven. And if you'd like to say I am going to place my faith as little as it is I'm going to place it in the person and the work of Jesus Christ who died and shed his blood and rose again. Is there anyone in here that would call upon the name the blessed be the name of the Lord, Savior, Jehovah, Yasha God who saves. And God will meet you right here in this room right now and forgive you of all sin And in his word, give you the assurance. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God so you could know you have eternal life. It's by belief and belief alone. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would like to include you in my closing prayer here. And when I pray for you, I'll mention your name. I won't have you stand up. I won't have you come forward. I won't do anything in any way to focus undue attention on you. Right now, you coming to Christ is done in your heart and your mind to the Lord privately. Now later on, be as public as you possibly can be. But right now, just to get into God's heaven, it's a private birth thing that's going on today. Are you calling upon the Lord to be your Savior? Are you trusting in Him alone to forgive you of sin? If you're doing that right now, in here, and you'd like for me to pray for you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, Would you quietly and quickly slip up your hand and put it down without ever saying a word? Just put it up, put it down. Anyone in here today that's doing it, never done it before, put it up, put it down. Anyone at all. All right, Christians, let me just end this appeal for you. Did God speak to you through this message, through our prophet Habakkuk, of what he did at a time of tremendous political and social upheaval, and in a sense religious too? And that was affecting he and his family and his world? How many of you are going to take what you've heard today and perhaps make a mid-course correction in hearing from God? And you'd like for me to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand? Is there anyone who would like me to pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that it will never return unto you void. I thank you, Father, that you have chosen to speak to us how unworthy we are to be spoken to by the only God and great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ through your word. And yet, Father, you made us acceptable to be able to hear your word and you've given us the inner workings to be able to see your word now that we know you as Savior. And so, Father, we want to know you so we can worship you and live for you and communicate you just like Habakkuk was told to write it on a tablet and get ready to share it with the world. We've had it written in our hearts now and let it be where we want to share it with the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: This is Joe Pons, and I want to thank you for listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Clarity Christian College. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the word of God with clarity into every person's world. It's the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible.